Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 30. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Verse 6 is a turning point for David. David said to Abathar the priest, bring me the ephod. The ephod represents prayer. This is the first time in 16 months David has prayed. This is the first time in 16 months David has talked to God. This is the first time in 16 months that David asked the Lord. I got to believe that David is feeling like, man, this feels right. Well, David in verse 8 inquired of the Lord, God, what do you want us to pursue? God said, go after them and overtake them and get your stuff. And David has learned and, and, and he's tired of fighting his own battles. And now he's learned. Interesting. When Saul had his back against the wall, he called for a witch. David's back is against the wall and he called on the word of God. Well, in verses 9 through 11, David and the men, we talked about it last time where we left off, David and the men went to the brook of Bezor. And 200 of the men couldn't go any further. Now, remember, David had 600 tried and true warriors. 200 of them are so tired, they can't go on, so they stayed behind and 400 went. Keep in mind the emotional drain for these men. They're worn out. No rest, probably traveling 20, 30 miles a day on foot. They're physically, mentally, spiritually tired. Their wives, their kids are gone. Houses are burned to the ground. They're angry and they want to kill David. All that emotion. You know, emotional stuff is harder than physical stuff. Isn't it right? Emotional stuff can really weigh out. Even harder than physical stuff. Well, I've titled this sermon, The Remedy of Backsliding, You'll know what I'm talking about in just a minute. Let's pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and picking up in verse 11. Okay, so we have a lot to read, so let's take big chunks of it, and then we can knock it down, okay? 1 Samuel chapter 30, look at verse 11. If you're looking at verse 11, say amen. And then they found an Egyptian in the field, and they brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he ate it, and they let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, he strengthened, his strength came back to him, for he had eaten no bread or drank uh, water for three days and three nights. And then David said to him, to whom do you belong and where are you from? And he said, I'm a young man from Egypt, servant of Amalekite. Hmm. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion of southern area of the Cherethites in the territory which belongs to Judah and the south or the southern area of Caleb. And look at this, saints. We burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, really? Can you take me down to that troop? 
So he says, swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I'll take you down to this troop. And when he had brought him down, there they were spread out all over there, all over the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. And then David attacked them the Amalekites, from twilight until evening of the next day, not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. And so David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken. David recovered all. Then David took all the flocks and the herds they had driven before those other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. Okay, saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. So the men, David and the 400 men are going after the Amalekites to get their stuff. On the journey, they come across a sick man, a sick young man, collapsed in the wilderness. He hadn't eaten and drank anything in three days. So David, now with a soft heart toward the Lord, verse 12 tells us they gave him some fig newtons and some raisins. That's what I thought of. Y'all remember fig newtons? I can't stand those things. But that's what they gave him. Right. And some raisins. Now, listen, it would have been easy for them to keep it moving. But these men showed unexpected kindness and received an unexpected blessing. I'm going to tell you more in a minute. Verse 13, David said, who do you belong to and where are you from? He said, I am, an, I am from Egypt and I'm an Amalekite. He said, I got sick and my master threw me away. Verse 14, then this Egyptian goes on to tell David, he said, we made an invasion on the southern area of Judah and we burned Ziklag. He was one of the guys who helped burn the houses. Did y'all get that? And steal the families. He doesn't know that he burned David's house. Verse 15 I got to believe David's expression changed. And David said, can you show me where the Amalekites troops are? And the boy says, sure, if you promise not to kill me nor deliver me back to my master, because they will kill me. Now, you've heard me say that God uses natural things to accomplish supernatural works. You've heard me say that. Did you get this? They are out looking for the Amalekites and note the way that God decides they're going to find the Amalekites. It's through some very natural event. What's that, Pastor? A sick boy. First of all, David prayed and said, God, should we go? God said, go. David just went. He didn't know really where he was going. But the providential hand of God led him to a sick boy. God uses very natural things in order to accomplish supernatural events. A sick boy. They stop to show kindness to a sick boy, and God supernaturally directs them. If you stop to show kindness, listen, God will supernaturally direct you. Christians, slow down. Slow down. Don't move so quick. Don't be so quick to move. Stop and help an Egyptian. Amen. 
Sometimes God is trying to do something supernatural, but we miss it because we're moving so quickly and we're not spiritually looking for these opportunities. That's why it's important that you take time out in the day. I say do it in the morning to have your devotion and speak to God. Because you want to put your day. I'm I'm glad five people agree with that. Goodness gracious. Y'all awake. Y'all awake. It's good to take time in the morning to speak with God because he's going to set up your day. And you don't know what is ahead of you that day. You don't know that God doesn't have an Egyptian in your way that you need to stop and minister to because God's going to do something very supernatural through that individual. You don't know that. So you've got to seek the Lord and be open to the sovereign hand of God. Think about it. Look at at God's sovereignty here. He was thrown away sick. It's the hand of God that this boy was sick. It was the hand of God that he collapsed right where he collapsed. It was the hand of God that he didn't die before David and his men got there. It was the hand of God that his life was preserved. But you know what I love? I love the fact that David prayed, God, what do you want us to do? Should we go pursue? And God said, get up and go. That makes me think of, if you're taking notes, write this down. That makes me think of Exodus chapter 14. And and you know the story in Exodus chapter 14. Israel is caught between a rock and a hard place. Israel is in a pickle. They're in a tight squeeze. Y'all know there's a place called Tight Squeeze, North Carolina. I did not know that until I had been here like 15 years And we went that way, and somebody said, oh, as a matter of fact, we were going to visit some parents. Somebody went to church, and we were going to visit their parents. And they said, we're going to, I said, where are we going? It's not North Carolina, it's Virginia. Am I right about it? Anybody know? Y'all can't verify it there. Trust me. Tight Squeeze, Virginia. I I cannot believe this. There's a real town called Tight Squeeze. So Israel is in a tight squeeze. Israel is caught between a rock and a hard place. You know the story in Exodus chapter 14. Mount Piahirath is on one side and Mount Migdal is on the other side and the Red Sea is ahead and the only way out is the way that they came in is to go back. But they can't go back because Pharaoh and his army is in hot pursuit. Pharaoh probably is laughing thinking, I got him trapped. Well, the children of Israel are complaining to Pastor Moses, and I would tell Pastor Moses, Pastor Moses, get used to it, because that just comes along with the job, people complaining. Let the church say, amen. Amen. They're saying to Pastor Moses, we're going to die, we're going to die. Moses says, don't worry, I have faith, I trust God, don't worry, God is going to do it. I am trusting God, I'm believing God. Well, Moses goes off into the corner over there, and he says, God, we're going to die, we're going to (laughs) die. What are we going to do? God says, Moses, why are you crying to me? 
go forward. In other words, watch this. Moses, I've told you what I'm going to tell you. Now get up from prayer and obey and move forward to what I've told you to do. Moses, watch this. Moses, get off your knees. Stop praying. Start moving and obeying. God said, do what I told you to do. Don't you understand that there is some times where you need to stop praying and go do what God has called you to do. You need, you know, we Christians, we are fantastic. Fantastic. And spiritual language, you know, well, can you do this? Well, you know, I, I, you know I'll, I'll put it before prayer. I, I'll put it before God. I'll pray about it. I'll pray. You know what? Listen, it, the Bible, the same Bible that tells us we, we ought to pray about everything. But what I'm saying is that there comes a time when you need to stop praying and get up and go do something. You can't expect God to answer your prayer and you won't get up and go do anything. Saints, where y'all at? You need to get up and go do something. If you're praying about something, then then you get up and you go do something and see what God does. Don't just stay on your knees and pray and get nothing done. God told Moses, Moses, get up from your knees, stop praying, and go do what I've already spoken. Remember I told you what God has spoken cannot be broken. Let me tell you something else. It's more important, and this is the most important thing you'll, you'll hear tonight. Listen. There's a vast difference between knowing the word of God and knowing the God of the word. Knowing the word of God and knowing the God of the word. Alan Redpath said this, we go to conferences and rallies and missionary conventions, church services, home Bible studies, pastors conferences, worship conferences, conference, 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 and yet nobody has changed. It's almost like we're a group of unbelieving believers. We're a group of unbelieving believers. When God tells you to do something, obedience is better than sacrifice. That came out of that Agag situation. Obedience is better than sacrifice. In our text, God told David, go pursue and get your stuff. And when we do the possible, David pursuing after the Amalekites, God does the impossible. A sick boy becomes an informant to tell David and his men where the Amalekites are. Well, look at verse 16 in our text. Obviously, David agreed to the terms that the Egyptian brought to him. And the Amalekites, they get down to where the Amalekites are, and they're having the party. Did y'all get that? Eating and drinking and dancing with all the stuff that they had taken from the burning of Ziklag. So they're having a party, and they're thinking David and the men are in Aphek, They're probably half drunk, full belly, wiped out from partying. You know, John Trapp is an English Anglican Bible commentator, and he lived more than 100 years ago. And he said this about this scenario. He said, it's not hard to stab with the sword those who are cup shot. I love that. Y'all know I like different words. I like words nobody hears. Cup shot. It's not hard to stab with the sword those who are cup shot. Or in other words, in 2015, it's easy to kill someone who has been throwing them back all night. <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all just act like y'all in church. Like, I, I, that's, that's fine. That's fine. All right, we'll just be holy. 
sanctified. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's hard to kill somebody who's been throwing them back all night. It's easy to kill somebody who's been throwing them back all night. Well, look at verse 17. David killed them for 24 hours from twilight. That's a lot of blood, y'all. From twilight, which begins in the evening until the evening of the next day, David killed everyone except for 400 men who escaped on camels. David got back, rescued his wives. Verse 18 and 19 tells us the kids were fine, sons and daughters. Everybody was great. David got back all the stuff. Why? Because God said they would. That's why. Well, verse 21, David, notice Verse 21, let's, let's, let's pick up right here, right, and then we'll, then we'll read to the end. Look at verse 21. If you're looking at verse 21, say amen. amen. Now David came to the 200 men who had been so weary that they could not follow David, whom they also had made to stay at Brook Bezor. So they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. And when David came near the people, he greeted them. And then all the wicked and the worthless men of those who went with David answered and said, because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered, except every man's wife and children, that they may lead them away and depart. But David said, my brethren, you shall not do so with what the Lord has given us. Who has preserved us and delivered us into our, our hand, the troop that came against us? For who will heed you or who will agree with you in this manner? But as, as, he, as his part is, who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by. Y'all underline verse 24. But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supply. They shall share alike. And so it was from that day forward, he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel to this day. Now, when David came to Ziklag, he sent some of the spoil to the elders of Judah, to his friends, saying, here is a present for you from the spoils of the enemies of the Lord. To those who are in Bethel and those who are in Ramoth of the south and those who are in Jatir and those in verse 28 and those in verse 29, and those in verse 30, those in verse 31 who were in Hebron, and to all the places where David himself and his men were accustomed to roam. David, or Rove, David came to the 200 men who, who had been too tired to go any further, who stayed at Bezor, and they saw David and the men, and they went out to meet them. Verse 22, then all the wicked and the worthless men who were with David said, listen, these guys shouldn't get anything. They didn't go fight. Are y'all picking this up? Maybe just give their wives and their kids something, but that's it. And notice David's response. Love it, love it, love it. David said, nope, we won't be doing it like that. We're not going to handle what the Lord has given that way. David said, we didn't do anything. It was the Lord. God gave us the victory. David said, it was God who told us to go in the battle. It was the providential hand of God to allow us to run into the sick Egyptian who helped us find the location of the Amalekites and get our stuff back. God has done everything for us and gave us everything we need. Not only that, but he's given us everything back and then some. So let's understand something. First of all, it's the Lord's spoil, not ours. 
David said, the guy stayed back with the stuff, get part of the spoil. Listen, David just learned that in Ziklag. Because if part of his army had stayed with the stuff in Ziklag, it probably wouldn't have been destroyed. Then the person, listen, what he's saying is a person who's staying with the stuff is just as important as the ones who go to battle. And David knows that. And I really think the church would be a very different place if we knew that. If we really understood that the spoils of our victory, saints, listen to me, please. If we really understood that the spoils of our victory belong to God, then we would be more willing and quicker to give God what is his. My abilities are yours. My talents are yours. My money is yours. I want to give as much as I can so that you can be glorified because it's all yours anyway. I'm waiting. It's all God. Okay. Okay. We say that. Now, don't we? Well, it's all God's anyway. It all belongs to the Lord. Yes, praise the Lord. It all, yes, it's all the Lord's. Everything I have belongs to Jesus. <laughs> Is that right? Really? Well, then act like it. If everything, if everything belongs to God, well, then why aren't you using everything for God? Huh? You got a pickup truck. Somebody asked you, hey, you know, I need to haul some dirt and, you know, can I use a pickup truck? Well, no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Wait a minute. If it all belongs to God, then why don't you use it for God? If your house belongs to the Lord, somebody come to town and need a place to stay, you more quick to, amen, man. You more quick. You more quick to put them up in a hotel than you are in that big old ten thousand square foot home you got. You don't clean half of it anyway. <laughs> Amen. Y'all know I'm preaching. Just hold on, huh? If it's the Lord's, then use it for the Lord. And if it's not the Lord's, then stop saying it's of the Lord. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Stop it with the spiritual language because that's all it really amounts to. It it's, it's all belongs to the Lord. But then when God says, I need some of it, well, well, wait now. If it's the Lord's, then give it to the Lord. And if it's not the Lord, then keep it for yourself. This was the problem in Acts chapter 5 when Ananias and Sapphira lied to, the, to the, uh, Peter and, 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 and uh, who else was there? John, who else was there? They just it was Peter and John. That's right. And and they and, and they, they, they 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 came up Ananias and Sapphira and said, you know, they had given all that they had to the church. And Peter and John said, listen, while it was in your possession, wasn't it yours? Why do you feel the need to lie to the Holy Spirit? It was in your you didn't have to give any of it. The point was in Acts chapter 5, they didn't have to give any of it. You weren't going to be condemned because you didn't give some of it. You didn't have to give any of it. But you took it to another level when you lied about it and you didn't even need to. If it belongs to the Lord, then 
Give it to the Lord. Stop it with the spiritual. Calvary Chapel, can we, just as a church, just us, that's all I'm talking about. That's all I'm responsible for. Can we stop it with the spiritual language and the lingo and the just using spiritual words just because, well, I'll pray about it. If you ain't going to pray about it, don't pray. Don't say you're going to pray about it. And if you're going to pray about it, you know what I do to avoid that? Because I'm just as guilty. Don't get me wrong. Just as guilty. You know what I do? If I say I'm going to pray, I stop right there and pray right now. Because I know when I walk away, I'm going to forget. I'm human. I'm just like you. I forget. So if I forget, I forgot. But at least I got it in right there. Amen. Stop it with the spiritual language. If it's the Lord's, then it's the Lord. And I will tell you this. Whether you know it or not, it really is the Lord's. Everything belongs... Your breath is the Lord's. The very breath you breathe is the Lord's. Everything's the Lord's. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.